Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say Engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Matthews Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Oh my goodness. Coming to you live from the state of Georgia. Ground zero for hundreds of very angry patriots today marching around our capital even into our capital led by none other than a democrat that's right representative vernon jones who has become kind of the poster child uh of the democrats willing to champion promises made promises kept.com <laughs> for those of you who have forgotten you might want to go take a look at that website that would be the president's website of promises made promises kept.com. Uh, Vernon is championing the, uh, the fact that, that elections should be fair and square. They should be legal. Mm-hmm. And there were actually other Democrats present today. I'll get into that a little bit later in this show. Uh, I ran into three women who are from South Florida who flew up today to be a part of our rally here in the state of Georgia. There were others from far and wide from all around Georgia, actually, but I was most pleasantly surprised uh, to see people from other states. It, 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 there's something about, you know, I'm not one to really attend large gatherings like that unless I'm actually speaking or I'm singing, um, but it, it, it's not, yeah, it, it's just, I, I think I'm just too hyper like, okay, my my best work can be done on a microphone, right? Or it can be done, I just I know where my lane is. However, I will say this. There was something extraordinarily igniting uh, needed for me because for those of us on the front lines who are trying to keep the rest of you uh, engaged and with hope uh, and with your eyes up, right, for Providence Procedure Process, to unfold, it gets it gets kind of tiresome so at the end of the day. During the day, there's like no real time to think about that. You're just blasting through false news reports, through pundits who have completely uh, in, in, in really just irresponsibly conceded uh, to a false narrative that somehow Joe Biden is the president-elect. I mean, it's astounding to watch people in my industry just tell you with fervor and with a little skip in their step along with Republicans and Democrats that President Trump has been defeated and and they believe it 
on some level or someone higher up does. And these, these cats just don't want to lose their jobs. And you know, that's, that's something that makes people like me and others kind of dangerous to the establishment because we've already lost our jobs. We've lost our safety. We, we've lost our credibility. In some circles, we've lost our reputation uh, standing with this president. But, you know, and, and really, it, it's more than standing with this president. It's for standing with everything this president stands for. And that's okay. And so I'm able to encourage you. I cannot thank you all enough. I'm so glad you enjoyed my newsletter, typos and all, last night. I was so excited to get that out to you because I see you waning because you're not doing what we've asked you to do, which is turn off the propaganda because it's enticing. It's kind of like, Ooh, what are they saying today? And it's like, no, don't look at the train wreck. You know, quick story about looking at train wrecks. It's demoralizing driving down I 20 West one time, got my daughter and my then fiance in the car and I'm driving. And all of a sudden I see like this car's wheels is SUV It's turned over on the other side of the median of I-20 going east. I'm going westbound. And I'm like, okay, that's odd. You know, it took a minute for my mind to kind of engage into what I was looking at. So there's smoke coming up from this car. Wheels are turning. And um, I'm like, that's really weird. And all this, and my boyfriend, my fiance at the time was like 6'5". So he can see. Over he's, his his vantage point is different than mine, and he and he says to me, and and he's been in security like his whole life, and he looks at me and he's like, um, "Don't look," and he immediately swoops his arm into the back seat and covers my daughter's eyes, who at the time was nine years old, and just and like forcefully covers her eyes because she's curious too. Because now I've drawn everyone's attention to why the heck is there a car upside down on the other side of the median, and I see and I see people running through the interstate and uh, on that side of the wall. I'm like, oh my God. And I slow down and I am just able to look over the wall and I see parts of humans and children. And I've worked in emergency medicine before, so nothing really surprises me. But what I learned that day is that by the time people get to us in the emergency room, I mean, hats off to first responders. Holy crap. I thought I could be a paramedic in another life. No thanks. By the time they get to any emergency room, they're relative, even if the leg is on the table with them or the finger or the ear, or, you know, half their head, whatever, whatever's still hanging on, whatever's behind them that shouldn't be, whatever's mangled. <laughs> Whatever leg is pointing in the wrong direction, whatever bone is sticking out of the skin, those folks are still cleaned up. And I was so traumatized, and I don't use that word lightly, by what I saw, it took, everything stopped and was in real, it was just in slow motion. And he, and he looked at me and he was kind of mad because he was like, I told you not to look. And I couldn't, I got about a half a mile down, if that, a quarter of a mile down the road, and I started hyperventilating because I had never seen someone's torso disconnected from their body and little children out of their car seats 
and the middle of an intersection like animals who had just been hit by a car. And I hope I don't traumatize you with that story, but you are being abused and assaulted equally. And the more we look, the more we listen, the more we tune in because, well, I'm good. I got it. I'm an adult. I I just want to hear what they're saying. I just want to see. I just want to see what's going on over on the other side of the wall. I've never been the same. I've never gotten over that. I can still see those people right now as I'm talking about it. And so some of you, and I'm getting your emails, this is how I know this. You are demoralized. You're getting there. You're tired. And this isn't the time because the tsunami is just now cresting. It is building momentum. Maybe you guys should watch the movie tonight, The Impossible. I just watched it last week. And again, a little traumatizing. Uh, it certainly makes me not want to stay on a beachfront property ever again. Uh, in, a, in a tsunami, in a tsunami uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I've got like risk aversion in my head right now. Uh, tsunami friendly <laughs> territory. It was unbelievable. That is some of the best cinematography I've seen in a really long time. The impossible. It's about the tsunami. What was that? 2000, 2006. I mean, it was unreal what these people endured. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. And you have people like Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, our very own Atlanta's own Lynn Wood, attorney Lynn Wood. If you follow me, you know exactly who Lynn Wood is. He's a man of faith. He is an ardent defender of the innocent, particularly as it revolves around your reputation, uh, the truth, getting to the truth of a matter, defamation. You know, he draws a line around, you know, from bullies being able to come and devour people based on false allegations. That's his work. Well, right now, he's standing up for the state of Georgia and for every person who voted in this election, Democrat and Republican. Last night, Lynn Wood filed an emergency injunction, adding to his complaint that he's already filed. But this one was uh, seeking declaratory relief and an emergency injunction from this court halting the certification of Georgia's results for the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election. Why is he doing this? What is the accusation? Here it is. As a result of the defendant's violations of the United States Constitution and other election laws, Georgia's election tallies are suspect and tainted with impropriety. Thus, the court should issue an injunction to bar the certification of those results until plaintiff's substantive claims can be heard to ensure that Georgia's electoral process is restored to a system of fairness. I'm going to read through a little bit of this uh, injunction. All right, I think it's important, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to read them to you straight off the paper. Okay, because I know many of you don't have the time, you don't want to take the time, or you much rather listen to my soothing voice. Read this to you. All right, here's the. Statement of facts and procedural history. And this tells you that there's already a history here. Like we've, it's like another restraining order on top of a restraining order, right? We're asking for restraint to be exercised right now in the court. 
right, where our election is concerned, because there are too many, too many discrepancies, impropriety. We are the laughing stock of the nation right now. I mean, these poor folks up in Floyd County, holy crap, make us look like a bunch of hillbillies don't know. I mean, someone's literally standing there recording, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, well, so these boxes, uh, you know, not really sure. And we had already, I'm like, I can't, I, I, I just, I can't watch this because this is your vote. This is our presidency. It's just more than your vote. It's our presidency. It's our freedom. Okay. It's our constitutional republic of which Georgia is not abiding by, not only on a state level, but constitutionally on a federal level. Okay. Here's the complaint on November 13th, 2020 plaintiff filed his original verified complaint for declaratory and injunctive relief, which was subsequently amended. The name defendants include defendant Brad Raffensperger in his official capacity as secretary of state of Georgia and as chairperson of Georgia state election board, as well as the other members of the state election board and their official capacities, Rebecca Sullivan, David Worley, Matthew Mashburn, and on lay Lee. Um, the complaint alleges violations of the United States Constitution and amendments thereto in the regards to the November 3rd, 2020 general election, as well as the full hand recount, in quotes, of all ballots cast in that election to be completed by November 18th. The, in quotes, hand recount with those same violations like, likely to occur again in the January 5th, 2021 runoff election for Georgia's United States Senators. The complaint sets forth the following. All right, here we go. So basically he's saying right here, this is a sham. There's no full hand recount. It's in quotes. Federal constitutional protections for free and fair elections. The elections clause of the United States Constitution states that uh, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time make law, make or alter such regulations, except as to the places of choosing senators. And then he lists U.S. Constitution, Article 1-4, Clause 1. Emphasis added, all that stuff. Regulations of congressional and presidential elections thus, quote, must be in accordance with the method which the state has prescribed for legislative enactments. And he's citing, uh, he's citing case law here. In Georgia, the, quote, legislature is the General Assembly, the Georgia legislature. Because the Constitution reserves the state legislatures the power to set the time, place, and manner of holding federal elections, state executive officers have no authority. I'm going to read that again. State executive officers have no authority to unilaterally exercise that power much less flout existing legislation, nor to ignore existing legislation. While the elections clause, quote, was not adopted to diminish a state's authority to determine its own lawmaking processes, it does hold states accountable to their chosen processes in regulating federal elections. Uh, Georgia law governing the handling of absentee ballots. Now remember, we're still on the complaint. Okay, statements of facts and procedural history. So this is all part of the complaint. Here's part of the complaint, part C, Georgia law governing the handling of absentee ballots. This is where all of you, including myself, have the real rub. All right. The Georgia legislature established a clear 
an efficient process for handling absentee ballots. I'm going to repeat that again. The Georgia legislature established a clear and efficient process for handling absentee ballots. To the extent that there is any change in that process, that change must, under Article 1, Section 4 of the Constitution, be prescribed by the Georgia legislature. The Georgia legislature instructed county registrars and clerks Uh, for our purposes here, quote, the county officials regarding the handling of absentee ballots and OCGA, and he gives all of the the numbers to the code, the Georgia Election Code, instructs those who handle absentee ballots to follow a clear procedure. Here is the clear procedure for handling absentee ballots in the state of Georgia as prescribed by the Georgia State Legislature, which is their constitutional duty. Upon receipt of each absentee ballot, a registrar or clerk shall, which means you will, write the day and hour of the receipt of the ballot on its envelope. The registrar or clerk shall, which means you will, then compare the identifying information on the oath with the information on file in his or her office. Shall compare the signature or make on the oath with the signature or mark on the absentee elector's voter card or the most recent update to such absentee elector's voter registration card and application for absentee ballot or a facsimile of said signature or maker taken from said card or application and shall, if the information and signature appear to be valid and other identifying information appears to be correct, so certify by signing or initialing his or her name below the voter's oath. Because when you sign your absentee ballot, what you're saying is, I is who I say I be, okay? Legally, that is your oath, okay? And then he goes on to quote other, uh, the other code. And he says, the Georgia legislature also established a clear and efficient process to be used by county officials if they determine that an elector has failed to sign the oath on the outside envelope, enclosing the ballot or that the signature does not conform with the signature on file in the registrar's or clerk's office. This herein is described as a defective absentee ballot. With respect to defective absentee ballots, this is how it's supposed to be handled according to the Georgia State Legislature, who is the only body allowed to make law changes to our electoral procedures as prescribed by the United States Constitution. If the elector has failed to sign the oath or if the signature does not appear to be valid, or if the elector has failed to furnish required information or information so furnished does not conform with that on file in the registrar's or clerk's office, or if the elector is otherwise found disqualified to vote because they're dead, the emphasis added by me, the registrar or clerk shall, there's that word, which means you will, write across the face of the envelope rejected, giving the reason therefore. The board of registrars or absentee ballot clerk shall promptly notify the elector of such rejection, a copy of which notification shall be retained in the files of the Board of Registrars or Absentee Ballot Clerk for at least one year. Then he goes on to cite other law. 
the Georgia legislature clearly contemplated the use of written notification by the county registrar or clerk in notifying the elector of the rejection. Part D of this complaint, defendants' unauthorized actions to alter the Georgia election code and the processing of defective absentee ballots. On In March 2020, Secretary Raffensperger and the State Election Board, who administer the state elections, collectively the administrators, entered into a, quote, compromise and settlement agreement and release. Boy, I could do a whole show right there on that one word, compromise. It's like negotiating with terrorists. Entered into a compromise and settlement agreement and release. The litigation settlement with the Democratic Party of Georgia, Inc., the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee, and the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, the Democrat agencies, setting forth different standards to be followed by county officials in processing absentee ballots in Georgia. Although Secretary Raffensperger is author, he is authorized to promulgate rules and regulations that are conducive to the fair, legal, and orderly conduct of primaries and elections. All such rules and regulations must be, quote, consistent with the law. Under the litigation settlement, the administrators agreed to change the statutorily prescribed process of handling absentee ballots in a manner that was not consistent with the laws promulgated by the Georgia legislature. The litigation settlement provides that the Secretary of State would issue an official election bulletin. Here we go again. I'm going to read this one more time. The litigation settlement, this is what we're talking about, that he did not have the authority to do. The litigation settlement provides that the Secretary of State would issue a, quote, official election bulletin to county officials overriding the prescribed statutory procedures. The unauthorized litigation settlement procedure set forth below is more cumbersome and it makes it much more difficult to follow the statute with respect to defective absentee ballots. He goes on to talk about the complexity, the pressures of processing defective absentee ballots, making it less likely that they would be identified or if identified, processed for rejection. And, and really, real, you know what, I'm going to save that for a minute. I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue reading this, okay? County registrars and absentee ballot clerks are required upon receipt of each mail-in absentee ballot to compare the signature or make of, or make of the elector on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope with the signatures or marks in ENET and on the application for the mail-in absentee ballot. If the signature does not appear to be valid, registrars and clerks are required to follow the procedure set forth in OCGA 21-2-386A1 and C. When reviewing an elector's signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope, the registrar or clerk must compare the signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope. Very important. Many of these envelopes are in the trash. So guess what that does to your vote? It goes bye-bye. It is no longer valid. The envelope actually has to stay with the ballot for two years. Not just the rejection notification. The envelope and ballot must stay together for two years. 
a lot of these a lot of these envelopes are gone. Forget about the fact that the machines have been altered. That this is that's not what he's asserting yet. Okay, I'm just I'm just going over absentee ballots at the moment, and to give you a little bit of an insight as to what's happening here. And this thing is happening at a rapido pace, so you got to keep up. And if you're not following me on social media, you should be Monica on Air Talk on Twitter. That's where I do a lot of my social media work. Uh, the Monica Matthews on Facebook. I've been so throttled on Facebook lately. I really don't post a lot there. I'm not as engaged. I'll be honest with you. I've been on Parlor for a year. I rarely use it, but I am there. The Monica Matthews there as well. But Twitter is where you will normally find me. And I'm updating things as they come to me from my sources and from very, very close sources to this ongoing uh, attempt to remedy our uh, presidential election. Uh, okay, when reviewing an elector's signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope, the registrar, we already read all that. Um, okay, mail-in. Uh, to each signature, blah, 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 blah. All right, here we go. When reviewing an elector's signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope, the registrar or clerk must compare the signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope to each signature contained in such elector's voting registration record in ENET and the elector's signature on the application for the mail-in absentee ballot. If the registrar or absentee ballot clerk determines that the voter signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelopes does not envelope does not match any of the voter signature on file in ENET or on the absentee ballot application, the registrar or absentee ballot clerk must seek review from two other registrars, deputy registrars, or absentee ballot clerks. A mail-in absentee ballot shall not be rejected unless a majority of the registrars, deputy registrars, or absentee ballot clerks reviewing the signature agree that the signature does not match any of the voter signatures on file in ENET or in the absentee ballot application. Now, I just want to ask you something. Who in the hell is actually going to execute this? This is the compromise that he agreed to with Stacey Abrams, essentially, and the Democrats at large. This is what he's agreed to. No one's going to adhere to this. A lot of your envelopes are gone. They're in dumpster dive mode. They're gone. So there's no way to to cross-reference and determine and to audit. There's a word that we are loosely throwing around in the state of Georgia. We're having an audit because, see, that makes you feel better. That gives the Democrats something to stand on, and that gives people who need to be covering their ass right now something else to stand on. We audited. We did it. We audited it. I mean, what do you think of? The first, the moment I say audit, what's the first thing you think of? What is the first three-letter institution from hell you think of? Right, the IRS. Sounds pretty Sounds pretty official, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Makes you feel safe, a little warm and fuzzy, because you've been programmed to think that, oh, well, it's an audit. They did everything they could. And look, the Republicans are still the Trumplicans, the deplorables. They just can't let go. That's not the case at all. This is all a giant setup, and it is massive. It's not just absentee ballots. It is a coordinated effort of unbelievable magnitude. And and, and they have pulled it off very well. Of course, it's been many years in the making, and other countries do it and have done it for eons. But to be able to take us down... You had to get Republicans to compromise, which is what we've done. I'm going to continue. 
All right, so you got to go through this whole tribal congressional hearing over one uh, absentee ballot that to determine, hey, does this look like Fred's signature? Does this look like it matches to you? Well, I don't know. Was the signature? Let's get four other people in on the deal. Oh, and you can't send out a notification to let them know that their uh, ballot has been rejected unless you get 20 other signatures on here that say it's rejected so that it can be cured. Because our state legislature thought it would be a good idea to cure ballots. You know what that means? All of you who are retweeting and posting and freaked out because you think we're doing something illegal here and the Democrats are up to something, which they usually are. You're not wrong. But in this case, you are wrong. Curing ballots here in the state of Georgia is not a crime. It's actually legal. Yes. What does that mean? Hey, Fred, uh, looks here like you didn't sign your ballot. You did everything else, though. Do you mind putting a date on here and signing your ballot? Can't do it for you. Ha uh-huh. In theory. Our own local newspaper. Oh, it's a whole other bastion of propaganda. Our own local newspaper did a story on how great it was for people who are out and about and curing ballots and, and they showed up at someone's door and here's our, here's our, here's our awesome story. Showed up at someone's door and they weren't home. And so the roommate's like, Oh, no problem. I'll handle it for you. He was given instruction on how to cure that person's ballot in their absence. Was there a notary present? Did anyone have ID to prove that the person on the other end of the phone was the person that you're carrying the ballot for with someone else's signature who's not a relative of that name or authorized signer? Right. Are you getting, are you beginning to understand this now? This is what the enemy of all liberty does causes confusion, which is why the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. I will continue. Okay, if a determination is made that the elector signature on the mail-in absentee ballot envelope does not match any of the voter signatures on file in ENET or on the absentee ballot application, the registrar absentee ballot clerk shall write the names of the three elections officials who conducted the signature review across the face of the absentee ballot envelope. Going to be hard to do when you can't find the envelopes, which shall be in addition to writing rejected and the reason for the rejection as Required by OCGA 20C, then here, then you institute the actual law, right? Then the registrar or absentee ballot clerk shall commence the notification procedure set forth in OCGA, blah, 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 and the state election board rule, uh, blah, 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 under OCGA, blah, blah, blah. The elector must, nope, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, a litigation settlement signature match. Okay. The underlying language above is not consistent with the statute adopted by the Georgia legislature. Uh, we should be able to stop right there. I'm not really sure what Brad's arguing for. I'm not really sure why Gabe Sterling gets on the news night after night after night as the chief operating officer, the implementation officer of their corrupt and horribly connected to every communist regime across the world network of voting machines and software programs that have back doors to them that could give a peep show a run for their money. You know, excuse me, for you homosexual audience members, you're going to understand what I'm about to say right now, but this has made me so angry. This is like a giant Democrat glory hole. Do you know what that is? I'm sorry. For you who are just like super crystal clean, don't go look that up because it is defiling. Just don't do it. But that's what's happening. That is how demonic this is. It is a it is a political glory hole. That's what we have presented. That's what the Democrats have presented to us. And and the Republicans for this one lady today at the rally was like, 
I'll tell you why they did it, because Governor Brian Kemp decided that he needed to get reelected and he was going to, you know, pat Stacey Abrams on the head and and he was lying to have Brad, Brad swearing to it. And uh, news for him, though, you know, we're not not only going to elect not elect him again, um, you know, we're, we're going to recall his seat. I mean, people are livid. And then there's the other side of the establishment track. So the Republicans here in Georgia who are defending Brian Kemp to the death. Death. I mean, you are you have factions of Republicans here just ripping at each other, which, you know, some of you are like, we can't let the Democrats see that we're not united. Well, I don't want to be united with a Republican like that. I don't want to be reunited. I don't want to be united with anyone on any side of any political aisle that does not carry the banner of our Constitution and will protect my freedom at all cost. We are not on the same team. I'm not preserving or protecting a party. I am preserving the liberty of this nation and justice and due process and procedure and life. That's what I am interested in preserving in capitalism. If you're not on an individualism, if you're not on that side of an aisle, we don't have a lot in common. Doesn't mean, you know, we can't bump elbows in passing. But I, I'm not coming to your rallies and I'm, I'm not coming to your breakfasts. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming to your rah-rahs and, you know, I'm just not going to clutch my pearls like that. I'm not that girl. I never have been. You can ask my family, which is why half of them don't speak to me now. So if you think I'm going to lose sleep over the loss of a few more friends, when I've lost people who I was, who I was raised with over principle, and not because I'm some sanctimonious wench or, you know, uh, super pious person, but it's like, no, man, like that really is the sky really is blue. I know it's uncomfortable for us to say that it's, you know, that it's blue, but, but it is. But, and so why would I agree with lies? Doctrines of devils. So such a procedure. All right, here we go. Let's go back to this where I left off. The underlying language above is not consistent with the statute adopted by the Georgia legislature. First, the litigation settlement overrides the clear statutory authorities granted to county officials individually and forces them to form a committee of three if any one official believes that an absentee ballot is a defective absentee ballot. Such a procedure creates a cumbersome bureaucratic procedure to be followed with each defective absentee ballot, and it makes it likely that such ballots will simply not be identified by the county officials. Second, the litigation settlement allows a county official to compare signatures in ways not permitted by the statutory structure created by the Georgia legislature. The Georgia legislature prescribed procedures to ensure that any request for an absentee ballot must be accompanied by sufficient identification of the elector's identity. And he goes on to give you the code for that. Providing in pertinent part, in order to be found eligible to vote an absentee ballot 
in person at the registrar's office or absentee ballot clerk's office, such person shall show one of the forms of identification listed in code section 21-2-417. Under OCGA 21-2-220, the elector must present identification but need not submit identification if the elector submit with their application information such that the county officials are able to match the elector's information with the state database, generally referred to as the E-Net system. The system for identifying absentee ballots was carefully constructed by the Georgia legislature to ensure that electors were identified by acceptable identification. But at some point in the process, the Georgia legislature mandated the system whereby the elector be identified for each absentee ballot. Under the litigation settlement, any determination of signature mismatch would lead to the cumbersome process described in the settlement, which was not intended by the Georgia legislature, which authorized those decisions to be made by single election officials, not by a tribal, not by a, 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 a tribunal which is what they've called for. The Georgia legislature also provided for the opportunity to cure, again, different from the opportunity to cure in the litigation settlement, but did not allocate funds for three county officials for every mismatch decision. So there is money set aside to cure ballots, but not for three folks. Finally, under paragraph four of the litigation settlement, the administrators delegated their responsibilities for determining when there was a signature mismatch by considering in good faith, quote, additional guidance and training materials drafted by the handwriting and signature review expert of the Democrat agencies. (laughs) I love it. Uh, consideration of additional guidance for signature matching, allowing a single party, a single political party to write rules for reviewing signatures is not conducive to the fair conduct of primaries and elections or consistent with the law under OCGA 21-2-31. In short, here we go. The litigation settlement by itself has created confusion, misplaced incentives, and undermine the confidence of the voters of the state of Georgia and the electoral system. Neither it nor any of the activities spawned by it were authorized by the Georgia legislature as required by the United States Constitution. You need to get your hands on this TRO. I will put it up on my website tonight. You can find it in my notes for this podcast. And you need to read through it. Please take the time to get out a highlighter. If any of your kids are in law school, this is a great time for them to go through something of this magnitude. Be part of the conversation with them. If you don't know what you don't know, it's okay. Many of us don't. But we're all only operating at our highest level of ignorance. It is never too late to become civically minded and civically educated. So I cannot stress that enough for you guys. I spent time today. I'm going to see if I can scroll through. Ultimately, I'm waiting for a call back uh, from my sources uh, to f- to find out what the answer is. Uh, because here's the deal: if this injunction does not is not honored, uh, you are going to see Brad Raffensperger certify the fraudulent results. And we have multiple counties now, multiple counties. They just quit counting. They kind of rubber stamp numbers in DeKalb County, which is really nothing new. 
the only county in the state of Georgia that literally surpasses its own murder rates every year. Um, so none of that is new, right? And what you're seeing, if you're not following David Schaefer, you should be, S-H-A-F-E-R on Twitter, David Schaefer, is the chairman of the Georgia GOP. He is about as honest as the day is long about all of this stuff. He is very candid. He's very um, transparent. He is, uh, you know, he has likened the numbers that we're finding uh, to the possibility of these things even being remotely substantiated, uh, comparing them to the election of Maduro, (laughs) you know, of Chavez. I mean, these are countries that historically we've looked at and gone, "Mm, man, I'm glad I'm not them. Well, welcome. Because that's who's running this election. And these are bombs that are asserted by people like Sidney Powell, who's represented General Michael Flynn, who is simply not going to make an allegation of or an assertion of that magnitude and not be able to substantiate it, to back it up. It's, it's just not going to happen. I personally don't believe that's come out of our own mouth um, and out of the mouth of others who have worked very closely with Ms. Powell over the years. So she is a trusted uh, patriot. And I consider her one as well. Uh, David Schaefer, follow him. Lynn Powell, if you're not following Lynn Powell, you should be L-L-I-N stands for, hold on, Lincoln. I'm trying to remember. Oh, goodness. It's a good one. It's a beautiful name. Uh, Lincoln something uh, Wood. And um, he's a lawyer. So there you go, the three L's. Uh, and he represented... Um, Mr. Jewell, who you may remember here uh, in the state of Georgia for being accused of being the um, Olympic Park bomber, which ultimately we discovered never happened by him anyway. He, he was falsely accused of that, Richard Jewell. He was taken down by local media as well as the FBI. It was It was a mess. His life was forever ruined. And a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen that. But Lynn Wood was was his defense. And Lynn Wood is your defense, America. He's your defense right now, President Trump. He's he is he is literally standing on a hill with the banner of truth and justice in his hand. And I don't know what will I don't know if this will be honored. If it's not, according to Sidney Powell, the authorities that be here in the state of Georgia the the governing bodies of the Secretary of State's office uh, will ultimately be certifying uh, a fraudulent election. So they will be certifying their own fraud. That's a heavy-duty allegation, but it's the truth, especially knowing all of the uh, discrepancies that we've seen coming out of the state of Georgia. So that's where we are. I encourage you to stay tuned very closely, but today... I had the opportunity uh, to walk around amongst hundreds of folks. Uh, I caught a video. I'm going to play some of the video now, the audio rather, for I uh, ran upon uh, probably eight, uh, six to eight kids all dressed in black. Uh, they look like, you know, they were they were mocking and kind of, you know, uh, causing ruckus from across the street. Uh, when I say ruckus, I mean, they were just really more of an annoyance than anything with a bullhorn. Um, clearly felt like, you know, I, I felt like they were sent there. Oh, I just noticed one kid's actually wearing a Georgia Southern shirt. That's interesting. Um, another kid wearing a shirt that says bad witch. So another kid too. So, you know, a little bit of witchcraft here. Um, 
But I had an opportunity to, I wanted to talk with them because they were just, no one was, they were kind of like the gnat in the room, right? And Georgia State Patrol was doing a great job of keeping everyone uh, separated for the most part. Uh, They were very present. Um, Again, Vernon Jones, Representative Vernon Jones, self-avowed, probably lifetime Democrat. For what reason? I have no idea. Uh, He was leading the cause and, and marched everyone right into the Capitol and the uh, rotunda of the house and um, made announcements. Alex Jones was there of um, what, what, what is his God, for some reason his, I mean, I can see that crazy tank that they were driving through uh, the city streets with, but uh, Infowars, Thank you. Thank you. Infowars.com. Alex Jones was there. He spoke uh, and, and Vernon Jones also um, the Capitol stairs were lined with people. It was very orderly. No, no one was crazy. Um, people were chanting, singing, holding banners and signs. And, you know, they're clearly pissed. Like I said, people flew in from all over the country, really. Uh, but I want to play a little bit of, um, an excerpt Let me make sure I've got my, uh, I've got my Bluetooth on here. So you guys can, uh, you guys can hear what was up there today. All right, let's see if we got it. These are the kids who look like they were uh, Antifa sympathists, if they weren't Antifa themselves, which according to these kids, they said they weren't. But here we go. Let's see. I can. Okay, hold on one second. I'm having a, uh, I'm having a, uh, a connection issue here. All right, I am, let me see. Thank you for your patience. This is technology, which I literally loathe so much. You guys have no idea. All right, I think I figured it out. Here we go. This is a young lady dressed like Antifa. In my city, I don't think that this is representative of the people in this city, and so I don't want them here. They are racist. Their rhetoric is racist. They're literally trying to undermine democracy. And yeah, so they you should believe leave. the election should stand as it is. Yeah, no, it was an okay. election. Like, are you guys all Georgia residents, mm-hmm. natives? Yeah. So you're all raised here. Yeah, I've been yeah. here my whole life, and this okay. is not the city I like to see. Okay, so not a part of any organization. So some people might look at you and be like, "Oh, it's Antifa again." Are you, or are you independent? Do you agree I, with Antifa? Antifa is less of an organization and more of an ideology. Do you agree with your ideology? I am anti-fascist. I, I don't like fascism. I don't like racism. I'll say that proudly. Okay. So personally, here's my thing. Okay. Is I'm not for the establishment, whether it's red or blue. Okay. Either way, it's just rainbow fascism. Okay. I am rainbow anti-establishment, fascism. and I want actual reform to take place. Trump's not going to do it. He had four years, and all he did was... Oh, yeah, he almost got us into a war like this okay. weekend. It was great. So you guys are not for violence. You're here peacefully, no. clearly. No, I heard you. Okay, no violence. Yeah. All right, so you're not Molotovs, right? Okay. Yeah, I got skates. How am I supposed to be hitting people? They're just gonna push me down. <laughs> right? How old are you guys? If you don't mind me asking, like, what's your age group? Twenties, teens, yeah. early twenties. Yeah. Do you go to school here? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, what is your hope for today? I want to show people that it is safe for them to be here and me to be here and me to openly point out the flaws in their ideology and they're not in danger i'm not in danger and the police are going to act fairly hopefully all right all right cool all right so that's the first batch of folks 
And those are the anti-fascists who are actually leaning toward a fascist ideology. And you know what's really interesting to me is that these kids, I told you guys, we were not... We were going to skip uh, socialism, just like I've said about the state of Georgia. People's uh, it's purple. Georgia's purple. I'm like, no, not really. I mean, it's blue. And we have film tax credits to thank for that. We have, you know, I say things that really just piss people off sometimes because it's, it's, it is what it is. It, it, it seems like it's, you know, it's just it's vile or it's, you know, dirty, but I just have this vision of us, you know, we're prostituting ourselves. I've said it for years on the air here locally that we stand on the sidelines and lift up our skirts and invite everybody in and then wonder how we end up, you know, with diseases. Well, we, un- we wonder how we end up undermining our own culture, our, the own, our own health of our own culture here in the state of Georgia. And we do have a culture here in the state of Georgia. At least we did. We've been we we've been we we've been laughed at. We have been scoffed. We've been mocked. Uh, we're certainly the laughing stock of the country now with some of the things and and uh, things that are coming out now, recordings and you know just the way we've behaved. I mean, I, in this in this uh, complaint right here, I have got I don't even know how many exhibits are in this thing uh, of people who showed up and were told, "Oh, psych!" And this is for the quote recount, uh, "Psych, we we already finished." People are like, what do you mean? We were told to be here at 9 a.m. Oh, well, we've been here since 7. Well, of course you have. Just like you told people to go home. Just like someone said there was a water main burst and it was a toilet overflow. I mean, it, you know, it's like, yeah, there, there, there's some shenanigans going down here in my state. All right, let me get to a couple of these women who are just... Uh, they were fantastic. Oh, you know what? I don't think I have them, but I do have Representative Vernon Jones. Okay, here we go. State of Georgia got an amazing crowd down here. All right, here we go. These are three women who came up from Florida. Have done more actually for the Republican Party than most Republicans here today. Um, curious, why are you ladies here at the state capitol? Right, here we go. Why are they here? It's important to be here. We want to make sure that every vote counts in every state because it affects all of us in America. Yeah, amen. See, it affects all of us here in America, not just Republicans or Democrats. They literally got on a flight and flew to Georgia. I mean, I'm I'm sharing this with you guys to give you hope. I know many of you are like, when's the tsunami coming? When's the tsunami coming? Uh, it's coming. The information, the suits are being filed. The information is coming out as it's compiled. And we are, up, the good news is we are up against deadlines. And the good news is I believe that ultimately this is going to come down to your United States Congress, Congress determining the president of the United States. And when that happens, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will never step foot in, in the White House, and that will be a glorious day. And we better be on our faces thanking God. We better be working our tails off every day to make this country the best and most godly country that it can be. Because we will have another stay of execution as a nation. I want you to begin to get grateful that instead of discouraged, if you're going to insist on watching the news, I want you to watch it and listen with this in mind. You are literally getting a bird's eye view, a front row seat into what 
the Democrats would do to the nation. Every single executive order that Biden said he would roll back, every new mandate, opening the borders, sending us back into bed with our enemies, chiefly Iran. Uh, China is super pumped about the prospect of a uh, Biden and Harris administration. So I want you to start, if you're going to watch, and I know you are because, again, it's that train wreck, and you're already hooked. It's like it's it's like Starbucks coffee. You know, it's addictive. I get it. But please put on a different mindset the next time you turn on the news. and Just get grateful about the fact that you get to see the playbook and believe it. You know, women have a tendency to not believe that men say what they actually mean. I'm guilty. I'm a chick. But for the most part, men say exactly what they mean. This administration is showing you exactly what they would do. And so when it doesn't come to pass, this is going to be your opportunity to every single day of your life that you wake up as a free American citizen under a Donald J. Trump second term. You're going to be able to to arise every morning and thank God that that was not the outcome of this election, and that is what God saved you from. And yeah, I'm that Christian. You're damn right I believe that God is an American God. You know why? Because I believe that God is in favor of America. I believe that God is in favor of any nation that is birthed in the heart and the mind of liberty because that is his first purpose. I always say this, and it aggravates the pee out of some people. God's first priority is always people, and his, his first purpose is liberty. How do I know that? His purpose was to come here to set who? The captives free. Those are not aliens. They weren't, they weren't the frogs. They're not the leprechauns. They're not the trees and the oceans. He sent himself, his only begotten son here, his triune self here to us, to this place, because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He came here to retrieve us, to redeem us unto himself, to repair the breach. So, yes, and to set the captives free. So, yes, I do believe that the God capital G, capital O, capital D, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I do believe that he is the author of life and love and liberty. All right, remember, you guys, keep your head up. We've got providence, procedure, and process. It's happening. Don't lose faith. Do not speak death over this process or this country. Do not concede. Never, ever, never, 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 ever surrender. Until next time, be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. 